Welcome to the Medicinergy podcast. I'm Imogen, a 17-year-old A-level student, here to bring you the best people with knowledge and insight on how to get into med school, how to become a doctor, and to help you decide whether a career in medicine is for you. I'm here today with Nabil Khan, a second-year medical student at X Uni, and one of the hosts of the very of the Very Junior Doctors podcast. I'm very excited to be joined by a fellow extra podcaster. So welcome, Nabil. It's great to have you on the podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, that's all right. And we were just saying before we press record that it's been taking us quite a while to yes. get to this stage. <laughs> so it's really nice, really nice to have you. So to start off, let's start with the very start of your journey into medicine. Why did you want to study medicine and kind of what's your journey been like so far? So that's a really good question. It's definitely the 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 typical interview question you get asked when you apply for medical school. So the reason I wanted to go into medicine, um, well, just starting off, my journey into medicine really started in sixth form. So I went straight from sixth form to university. And uh, while I was in sixth form, I had a lot of exposure to clinical placements. And um, I did some shadowing in a couple of hospitals. And I just fell in love with the profession from there. So before that, I was just, you know, I was kind of dabbling in different professions and thinking, you know, what do I really want to do with my life? I knew I liked science. I knew I liked working with people. So it was just kind of like a, a build up from there. And I think it was one placement I had at Kingston Hospital where I was shadowing. Um, I think it was a urologist from what I remember. And I just loved the atmosphere that was there, you know, the junior doctors talking among one another, talking to the nurses, talking to the allied healthcare professionals, all working together for the greater good of, you know, just helping the patient. That was the core focus of their work and their careers. It's just helping the patient. So I just really, I just knew I really wanted to be a part of that in whatever capacity I could be. And I just thought, you know, being a doctor means that I can continue my love for science as well as, you know, my love for humanity as well. And it just opens so many pathways for you um alongside that so I just you know medicine was a just a great avenue to go down and you know I'm still very passionate about it to this day and um to be honest with you I think my a kind of like my avenues when it goes into medicine has kind of shifted from sixth form where I was like I really want to be a surgeon you know be straight in there with that anatomy which is kind of now shifted to like more advocacy and medical politics but you know that example just highlights how diverse medicine is and how many avenues that are available to you uh, through the profession so yeah I guess that's my answer yeah definitely as you said there's so many different things you can do with it and there's global health and you can go all around the world and it's just it's so uh diverse and wide and broad and you can do whatever you want with it really and yeah today it's a nice mix of people and sciences so that's that's really nice and so now you're in Exeter Uni so what made you apply to Exeter? Um, To be honest with you what really stood out to me about Exeter University was the course structure so we're based on a PBL course structure alongside LSRC and then clinical skills I think just breaking down those three components first looking at PBL it's a stands for problem-based learning and it essentially focuses on teamwork uh, to just kind of approach different cases within um, different systems so for example you've I've just completed a recent one on cancer and oncology so we looked into three different cases um, around uh, people who had been diagnosed with cancer you know what the associated care entailed what drugs we could prescribe stuff like that and it was just really interesting and that whole structure is amazing because it gives you so much exposure to what teamwork actually is like as a doctor and um, 
as a part of the multidisciplinary team. So PBL is one of the biggest things that stuck out to me about Exeter. Um, I would also say LSRC. I know it's not everyone's favorite. <laughs> if any extra medics are listening to this right now, they're going to be rolling their eyes at me. But I found that LSRC was also a great way to kind of like ground our knowledge um, when it came to just anatomy and physiology. And in years one and two, the way extra structured is that it's mainly focused on lectures, whereas in years three, four and five, you go into placements and you do rotations. So yeah, again, I really like the structure of that. I like that, you know, you, you settle down in the first two years and you go into the depths of anatomy and physiology and then you can apply that, you know. Um, and then another thing is like the the structure where we have six week kind of clinical placements. So every six weeks we're able to go to a GP, we're able to go to a community placement, we're able to some people are even able to like uh, witness surgery. So it's an amazing way to expose preclinical students to the clinical environment in a gradual and like a subtle way so I think those are the three main reasons why I applied for Exeter yeah I can totally see that because I've been for an open day now and I mm -hmm. absolutely love the structure it seems really really nice mm -hmm. and it's the LSRC the room I, it's probably a building but the room with like the whiteboard tables and all the dials. Yes. yeah that's, <laughs> that's so cool and all the little models as well I think that's a really nice way to learn definitely yes definitely and so how are you finding the city? Because I've lived here seven years now. So how mm -hmm. are you finding the city? And if you're used to places like Kingston, probably quite mm -hmm. different. Yes, definitely. You've hit the nail on the head. Uh, so I'm originally from London. So um, probably anyone who's listening to this knows how busy London is and how chaotic it can be. But I guess when you're born there, you kind of get used to the chaos and everything. So it's, it's just felt normal to me. So when I moved to Exeter, it was just such a shift in tone, in speed, in population as well. So I think it took me a lot of time to get used to it. And um, it's still taking me quite a bit of time to get used to it. Some days I'm just, you know, I'm thinking, oh, why didn't I apply for London? But at the end of the day, Exeter is a really nice city when you want to come, when you want to revise and when you want to kind of just have a, have a quiet, but not too quiet university experience, if that makes sense. And it's also just a place where, you know, you're surrounded by greenery all the time. Um, the shops are fairly accessible, um, I would say. And just the people that essentially you'll walk down the street and you'll bump into three people, you know, which is what I really like about Exeter. And it's something you wouldn't get in huge cities like London, because obviously it's so populated. So it gives that, you know, that nice university feel. It's it's kind of like a it's a campus university, but not really in a campus kind of area. It's like campus university in town, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also for people who don't know listening, it's split into two campuses, isn't it? So there's kind of medical school on one side of the city and then yeah. everywhere else on the other side of the city. Yeah. So with that, does you do you sometimes feel a bit separated from the non-medics? And also there's lots of medic and non-medic clubs. Did mm -hmm. you ever feel like you're kind of separated a lot? Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I did feel that way, especially when I initially joined Exeter. Um, because like geographically we are quite far apart like we're on literally different sides of the city so um, I would say yeah initially you do feel quite isolated however the way to combat that is just being a part of societies that are not medically like you know they don't have to be medically relevant or clinically relevant but there's something that you know sparks interest in you so for context for me I really like musical theatre. I really love um, like a women's rights. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, I love feminism. I love human rights, stuff like that. So 
I found like my people within societies that weren't necessarily medics. Um, so I know a lot of my humanitarian um, like organizations that I'm a part of in Exeter consist of no medics. So that's kind of a way you kind of integrate yourself into the non-medical community within Exeter. So I would definitely say if anyone is thinking of applying for Exeter and it all has gotten into Exeter, it, it will kind of initially feel like you are separated from the rest of the university. However, you can take steps to feel less isolated. Yes, and also musical theatre. Uh, I've seen quite a few university productions now. They're so good, and I need <laughs> to take part in a in a proper performance. You can just go for the fun of it, but they are so good, and I definitely recommend that if you're in Exeter, getting into musical theatre or drama because those performances are like top notch. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, <laughs> definitely. It's just doing things that you enjoy, really. Yeah. Um, so if it is musical theatre, like not, not every medic has to be a part of like a surgical society or anatomy society, you know, you can be a part of musical theatre and just have a good time. And it's a good way to, you know, de-stress as well. So, yeah, seconding that. Yeah, people need to go and see their performances. They're great. <laughs> yeah. And carrying on things you enjoy outside of sciences, like you said, is is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you mentioned about PBL. Mm-hmm. I, so I've spoken to so my teacher at the moment did PBL at Exeter. Um, mm-hmm. and she said and I think someone else as well said that it they kind of found it distracting from the main content and they found it actually less helpful and I know you said you enjoy the kind of teamwork of it and that's what you'll be doing once you're an actual doctor do you ever mm-hmm. feel like it takes you away from the rest of the content um to be honest with you no I actually don't um I find with PBL the questions are structured and are formed in such a way that it consolidates the lectures that you're going to see throughout the three weeks and the LSRC you're going to see throughout the three weeks. And I think that's deliberate by um on part of the university. You know, you'll have questions like, I'm going back to my uh, cancer module that I just did. You'll have questions about uh, different types of chemotherapy. You'll have questions about palliative care. Uh, you'll have questions about uh, conversations to have with loved ones. So those things were found in the lectures that we were actually like scheduled to carry out throughout the three weeks. So I found that PBL was a great way to just, you know, really like revisit those lectures because I, th- I think most of the time, you know, there are so many lectures that we have to get through. Some people just kind of rush through, like watch it once and then just forget about it. But PBL allows you to revisit it, even if it's just briefly and kind of just think about that lecture itself. So I would say, yeah, PBL is a is a really, I think, unique selling point to Exeter. And I think you just really have to make the most out of it, to be honest with you, because you could kind of approach it in a way where you don't feel like it's necessary or you don't feel like it's focused enough or you can approach it in in a way that it's very similar to how I approach it, where I'm kind of like, you know, this is this is perfect. This is perfect exposure to how to talk to other people about differential diagnosis, risk factors, how to actually have a conversation with other clinicians about a disease or about a condition or about a patient, which is what you're going to be doing in your clinical placements anyway. So um, yeah, I will defend PBL. PBL is good. <laughs> oh, that's really good to hear because I was worried when I heard two people say that. I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> I really love the sound of PBL. I think it would work really well for me. Yeah. Like you've said it kind of links it all together. And yes, so- definitely about things so yeah that's that's uh, restored my faith in <laughs> that's really good to hear and also um in terms of campuses going back to campuses so there's also a campus in Cornwall isn't there mm-hmm. in Truro so 
as far as I know, when you're at the medical school, you have to have at least one or two years in Truro. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So the the way that the Truro allocations work, uh, which have been subject to a lot of controversy within my year group, especially, um, is you uh, are assigned different routes when you uh, hit first year. So they'll be coordinated with a certain color and that color will be assigned to um, the, the year or the years you go to Truro. So uh, for me personally, I'm on pink route. So I'm going to Truro in my last year. So I'm apparently considered quite lucky because it is in the last year and it's only for one year. Whereas um, I've got friends who are on blue route where they're in uh, Truro for years two to three, you know, three to four, four to five, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, Truro's, um, I can't comment too much on Truro, mainly because I haven't been there uh, for a prolonged period of time where I haven't, you know, um, done any, uh, you know, any medical school associated activities there. But I visited my friends there and it seems like a nice place and it seems a lot quieter than Exeter. But I guess, I guess it's just something that's associated with the medical school and I guess people just have to make the most out of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what I was thinking, maybe it is nice because you're, doing medicine you've got a minimum of five years anyway so it might be nice to just have a little change of scenery because five years in the same place is probably I've I've said this a lot on the podcast I've only ever been at one school for three years or less mm-hmm. so having five years in one place is quite daunting mm-hmm. to me so taking not a year out but a year in a different place actually sounds quite nice just have a little refresh a new place sounds quite nice yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. I think uh, spending five years in a singular place, like this, this degree is long and it's hard as well. So when you don't have a change in scenery, I feel like it can um, feel a bit repetitive or it can feel a bit monotonous. So, you know, having that change in scenery and to go to a place that's quite, you know, sunny, well, not all the times I've been there, but usually it's sunny, <laughs> um, which is right next to the beach. You know, you've got some fun activities like the Eden Project there. It's just a nice change of scenery and a nice pa- change of pace as well. Yeah, I can imagine this. It's always nice being at the beach because I used to live in Surrey. So um, similar to London. I don't want to be one of those people who's like, oh, I used to live in London. <laughs> <laughs> you are very close to me. I was I was born in Croydon. So Surrey and Croydon, very close to one another. I was Woking. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> every day. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of people um, move from Surrey to Devon, actually. I think it's quite common, but it's really nice to be by the beach because you don't get that in London or Surrey. It's really nice. Yeah, fair enough. Fair. Uh, so you also said about part of the structure is you get six, six weeks kind of blocks of different, um, what well, you're on doing, you just did cancer. So what's, I know you're only second year, but what specialty interests you the most or what one's kind of excited you the most so far um yeah so before I answer that one I I wanted to clarify so one week you get placement one week you get clinical skills and then one week you get PDG so we we can go into that later but uh yeah it's every uh a block is um only three weeks um but in terms of speciality referring back to that question um to be honest with you I really don't know because there are so many things in medicine that really really interest me and I guess I'm just kind of using medical school as a way to just find opportunities to see what they're like. So I can't really, you know, write something down definitively on paper saying I really want to do this. However, there are avenues I would very much like to explore. So uh, cancer, for example, so oncology is something that I'm really, really interested in, Um, mainly because there are just so many components to oncological, I think he used that word, right, oncological care. And it's not just the clinical aspect of 
that um, special specialty that you need to look into. It's the holistic care for the patient as well. And, you know, you really have to tackle quite difficult conversations like end of life care and palliative care. And I think people need to start that conversation and not be so afraid of it. So I'd very much like to go into that. Um, alongside that, I really like medical education. So I've been involved in a few experiences throughout medical school, well, for, throughout my two years, uh, where I've been involved in medical education and I've really enjoyed it. So um, yeah, maybe that, or um, I'm really into advocacy as well. So like, you know, humanitarian work, um, literally today I just came back from um, um, Medicine Sans Frontiers uh, conference and I really enjoyed that. And it's, again, it's just another opportunity I could look into and another avenue I can explore later on down the line. So I can't give a definitive answer right now. <laughs> well, that's what we were just saying, weren't we? We were saying how broad it is and there's so many things you can do. I think yeah. it's really nice that you have these options and medical school is a good chance to go through each one and explore and I think that's that's really really nice and definitely oncology I agree with you on that one um but yeah even second year like you're probably not gonna have you'll probably change it next year and have a completely different view on things because talking mm -hmm. to other medical students they say well I thought this in year one I thought this <laughs> and yeah I'm sure I'm sure once you go through different blocks and different specialties you're your thoughts will change and same with me really I I think I'm probably a bit like you I'm like I really like surgery and then <laughs> I'll probably get to second or third year and be like nope don't want to do that at all. <laughs> something like that it's nice you can chop and change and have different ideas in medical school definitely 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 and I think sorry just kind of developing off of that I think it's very much determined by you how you kind of deal with the opportunities you've been given in um university so um, Extra is brilliant in terms of providing opportunities like you can always refresh the Facebook, um, you know, group chat and then you'll see a new opportunity pop up. So I say, like, you know, make the most of that and expose yourself to things that you potentially might, you know, you don't know if you'll enjoy it. However, you won't have any regrets if you try it and then, you know, just make your decision then. So I definitely say make the most out of the opportunities you've got. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I think that's true for anything really isn't it yeah it's great yeah. advice and talking about um just going for things and doing things a little bit different so you have a podcast I mentioned yes. and, <laughs> and it's such a cool thing to do I love doing it so what prompted you to actually start the podcast oh so I've been asked this question quite a few times um to be honest with you, it's kind of a strange story um so I'm involved in social prescription um in a kind of like um managerial kind of uh what's the word capacity and I had a friend uh Chloe who is my uh, co-host now um and she had a medical Instagram page which I followed and I thought hey why don't I raise awareness well actually she approached me and she was like hey why don't you raise awareness about social prescription on my channel and I thought yeah sounds like a great idea so you know we um we recorded a live session of us just talking about social prescription it was a really nice session and from there I realized that the dynamic Chloe and I had was really nice and we bounced off of each other in a conversational kind of capacity and I really enjoyed it and I think she enjoyed it too I mean she agreed so <laughs> I, I'm sure she enjoyed it but um from there I was just kind of like hey why don't we just start a podcast um it was mainly taken from inspiration um that I had in sixth form when I used to listen to podcasts on the way to my commute on the way uh, during my commute to my sixth form so I used to listen to creators like Ali Abdul, Karma Medic you know all the typical <laughs> medical YouTubers you listen to <laughs> during sixth form but um I just thought you know 
we could do something very similar, but we could start it from year one in medical school and, you know, just see how we progress and how we change and how we develop in terms of our life lessons, as well as the quality of our content as well. It's quite nice keeping a a type of like, I guess, like journal through podcasting, um, which uh, has been going well so far, I think, or thankfully, and uh, hopefully we'll develop very junior doctors a lot more later on down the line so it's exciting <laughs> oh, I love that origin story of it it's kind of <laughs> well it's just similar to mine I didn't I'd never thought right I'm gonna start a podcast now I just kind of came back like well why don't I start and see what happens and as you said learning along the way it's really nice to see what you learn because stuff people tell you it's like whoa that's that's really cool. <laughs> like, you learn a lot and you can see yeah as you said how your editing skills develop or how your interview skills develop and I'm sure it's all very transferable for medicine because it's communication yeah. it's asking questions responding to questions so I think it's a really it's a really nice thing to do and obviously it looks looks good on a personal statement on a CV or that kind of thing very true <laughs> and so it's called very junior doctors um mm-hmm. so kind of with that it's a very open question but you know you'll be starting as a doctor in four or five years I know it still feels far away but you know <laughs> further ahead than I am and with all the strikes going on at the moment with nurses and doctors with all NHS workers what what do you think the kind of future of the NHS might be with all of that going on wow that's <laughs> that's a big question yeah. oh I when I read it on your list of questions I was like oh god I'm gonna have to write a whole essay about this but um in short I think when it comes to the strikes for the doctors and nurses, it is 100% necessary and it's needed in order to raise their voices and it's needed in order to show the non-medical community as well that they require solidarity and they require support in the medical community in order to make a change, you know? Just uh, like deviating slightly from the politics of it and just looking at the just the very human aspect of striking and of, you know, putting your foot down and saying, you know, we're not working anymore unless you listen to what we're saying and you hear our voices it's just something so powerful and I think you know I stand by all the doctors and nurses that are doing this right now and there's just so much passion behind it and there's just so much emotion behind it and I think it's really going to change the conversation surrounding how we treat our healthcare workers within the UK or I hope it does and I really hope it sparks an interest in you know medical students and sixth form students and any you know anyone from the younger generations um, to talk about strike action and to talk about workers' rights and to talk about what to do when you feel like an injustice is being committed. Um, So yeah, I think in general, it's really going to change the trajectory in terms of the conversations we have within the um, NHS. It's going to, hopefully, this is all very hopeful kind of, um, I guess this is a very hopeful narrative, but I hope it strengthens the I want to say it strengthens the camaraderie that's we all know is present within the NHS among the workers. And I really hope it makes, you know, politicians sit up and think about the policies that they are, you know, carrying through and the the way in which they are approaching people who are essentially keeping the nation healthy and keeping the nation. Oh, I guess, you know, just maintaining the nation and providing them with care, which is you know, it's based on taxpayers' money, but it is free. You know, we get free healthcare. We should be really grateful that we do have this and we're not in worse situations like, you know, the climate that's going on in the USA right now. So I would say strike action is going to 
set a course for the, you know, the the way in which we think about workers' rights and the way in which we think about how healthcare in general is perceived within the country. Sorry, that was a very long-winded answer, but essentially that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, I think all of what you've said there is really, really important. And also about strengthening camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, that's really important. I think a lot of people recognise that many NHS workers, they really stick together and work together hopefully and yeah it's all hopefully isn't it because we don't yeah. want the NHS to collapse um so we're kind of just hoping that it you know gets gets better rather than worse but anything's yes. possible really at this point we're kind of at the crossroads I'd say I think to whether yeah. it goes uphill or downhill I agree um, I do agree it's just it's it's hard um to kind of predict what's going to happen in the future However, I'd say that the, the most we can do as students in our capacity is just to show solidarity and to use social media, to use the platforms that we're using every day to raise awareness. So, yeah, that's what I'd say about that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, these people are saving people's lives, you know, yes. say, like, it's, it's really cool. And they should feel that what they're doing is being valued 100 percent. So, you know, to, to round off, let's end on a positive note. Um, we've spoken about different learning styles we've spoken about trying to get into into university and we've spoken about you know the kind of challenges in the NHS at the moment so what would your top piece of advice be to aspiring medics who are kind of looking at all of this and going oh, I don't know what to do <laughs> uh, so in so I'm sorry I just need to break down the question so you mean as an aspiring medics who are looking at the strike action or who are just looking at the climate of the NHS right now thinking ah what do we have to do well, kind of looking at med school, I'd say more focused uh-huh. on med school, but also yeah. like with the NHS in the background as well. Mm, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, question. I, if this is okay, I'd probably break it down into three parts. I would first say, you know, as an aspiring medical student, my well, one of my pieces of advice would be, don't take rejection and don't take failure as a sign of your own weakness or as a sign of like your own limitations. Take it as a sign of development. Take it as a sign that, you know, you need to reflect on anything you've been doing and you need to work on it and then try it again. I have learned that the hard way when I applied for medical school and when I was in the process of, you know, being an aspiring medic. Um, that when I got rejected from some of my universities or if I didn't get an application approved or something um, I would feel really critical of myself and it just doesn't help your mental health and I know it's easier said than done just saying you know don't be critical of yourself but really take into context how hard you have worked to get to the position in the first place and how much willingness and strength and passion that really takes to just put that application forward you know and um yeah, so that would be my first piece of advice that, you know, don't be so critical of yourself if you do receive rejection. Just always take it as a learning step. And, you know, I'm a strong believer in everything does happen for a reason. So, you know, if that application does get rejected, you know, try and work around it. You know, use your problem solving skills and just kind of dust yourself off and try again. You know, um, I guess my second piece of advice would be probably veer to more towards more um you know just medical school in general rather than the applications would be don't compare yourself to other people very similar to my first point but don't compare your journeys to other people because you don't know what they have gone through or you don't know what advantages or disadvantages they have faced you know we can't know everything about another person no matter how close you are with them so 
you know, if you start medical school and you feel like you are behind or if you feel like you can't cope with the pressure or if you feel like other your counterparts are doing so much better than you, just really take into context, you know, your own personal journey of growth and your own personal development. Don't, you know, don't think, oh, yeah, this person, I don't know, who got top in the year or this person got like 18 marks higher than me. You know, I must be a terrible person. Look at your own growth. You know, if you were getting potentially... 50% in your first exam, then you got 60% in the second exam, you know, that's growth. And you can always build on that. And you can always build on that. Um, if you have an open mindset and a reflective kind of approach to everything you do. The third piece of advice I would give is, well, this one's surrounding like the NHS and what's going on there. This is a hard one, because obviously, as a second year medical student, I can't really speak on behalf of the NHS. Um, because again, I haven't, you know, had a huge amount of experience with it. But what I would say is, as a medical student, you know, be informed and be educated about what's going on with the NHS and what's going on with workers and what's going on with, um, you know, the dynamics involved. But I'd also say, you know, make the most out of the make the most out of the experiences you get in clinical settings. So in the UK, for us, it's the NHS. Um, and just, you know, really take a step back and appreciate the dynamics that are at play currently within the NHS. And, you know, the real reason it got set up is um, essentially just provide free healthcare for all, no matter the background. And that's a beautiful concept to kind of go into work with. And I know it's under a lot of controversy now, right now with the NHS. You know, it's not in the most stable condition right now. However, the NHS at its core is is made up of nurses doctors allied healthcare professionals physiotherapists pharmacists dietitians you know all of these healthcare professionals and you should feel you know you should feel proud that you are working towards being a part of that and you should feel happy that like you know you've you've gotten the opportunity to do so and you know just to make the most out of it and to you know be acknowledged be you know be educated in what's going on but also appreciate what's there as well you know take the good things with the bad and and that's harder said than done um I mean it's, it's easier said than done however um yeah that would be probably be my last piece of advice sorry that took that was a very roundabout way of saying it but yeah those are my pieces of advice well I think that'll that'll really really great piece of advice <laughs> and they're nice different things for different moments mm -hmm. and yeah definitely really helpful so thank you so much for being on the podcast <laughs> it's been really lovely to have you Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been great. Thank you for being a great host. <laughs> That's all today from the Medicinity podcast. Thank you for listening and make sure to recommend this episode to any aspiring medics.